Welcome to the Paychex HR Leadership Podcast Series. Today's topic is manager onboarding. Our guest speaker is Charlene Loby, author of the blog HR Bartender and president of ITM Group Incorporated, a training and human resources consulting firm focused on working with companies to retain and engage talent. Welcome, Charlene. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Rob. So tell me a little bit about why the C-suite finds onboarding important. You know, there's an interesting statistic out there from Corn Ferry that says 98% of CEOs feel that onboarding is the key to employee retention. You know, let's face it. Nobody hires an employee and says, well, you know, they're kind of mediocre. We are really hoping that we'll get, you know, nine months of work out of them, and then we kind of anticipate them leaving. Nobody hires employees that way. They hire employees and they want them to stay. Um, you know, cost per hire is, is high. So in that whole context, onboarding is your insurance policy, if you will, to making sure that you keep the employees that you spend all that time hiring. So how do we go about improving that onboarding experience? How do we deliver the experience that's going to help us get the results we need? I think one of the key things that we need to do is make sure that the people delivering the onboarding experience are well equipped in order to do that. And I think that relies on managers. You know, when you think about onboarding, you know, there's the orientation component, and orientation is often done by the human resources department. But onboarding is that, I like to describe onboarding as this two-part process. Think of it as half welcoming a person into the organization and half giving them the tools that they need in order to be successful. So managers are responsible for a big chunk of that. That being said, managers don't learn how to conduct onboarding. I don't know of a single company out there that has a training program on how to conduct onboarding. Managers learn onboarding by their own onboarding experience. So why not create a way for managers to learn how to do their jobs and how to onboard employees effectively. So what you're saying is I, I should have a different onboarding program for managers than I do for line employees. Exactly. Think of it as a in addition to. So a manager, whether they're hired from the outside or they're promoted from within, they're obviously going to be a part of the company's orientation program and they're gonna to need to learn their job. But there's also this piece of when you become a manager that is unique to being a manager. You know, let me back up for a second. When you think about like manager development programs, uh, those skills that are in a typical manager development program, like critical thinking, problem solving, uh, leadership skills, those are skills that every single person who goes through a management development program can do whether or not they ever become a manager. What's interesting is there are so many other skills, like how to create a budget, how to process time cards, how to create a schedule that you don't need to know in a manager development program, but the minute you become a manager, you need to know those skills. And I've been in this position several times in my career where the way we taught managers how to do those skills was we let them make a mistake 
and then we called them into the office and we said, oh, by the way, you didn't do that right. Now we're gonna teach you how to do it. Why, why? You just, you know, why would we do that to a new manager? Give them the tools on the front end. We know the skills that they need to have. So create an onboarding program for them that allows them to learn those individual skills and then they're set up for success. And part of that includes, this is how you onboard new employees. So what, what would you teach managers about onboarding new employees? What do they need to know to make employees productive and engaged as quickly as possible? You know, we've talked about a couple of things in terms of like, you know, payroll and scheduling. Those are all things that have an impact to the bottom line. You would think that companies would turn around and realize managers who make mistakes in those areas are costing the company money. But there are a few other things too to consider when you're talking about managers learning how to not only be onboarded themselves, but onboarding their teams. There's this great little resource from a company we're familiar with, LinkedIn called Onboarding in a Box. And it's just a series of checklists, but if anybody's listening to this and they can download the checklist, but there's a one checklist in there that's called How to Be the Best Boss Ever. And I would recommend, if you don't do anything else, create a checklist for managers so that they remember all the little things that they need to do when they hire an employee, like making sure they get a name tag, or business cards, making sure that they have a computer on their first day of work so that they can be productive. But all of those little things that go a really long way in telling a new hire employee, you matter to us and we've got all of these things set up for you to be productive in the organization. I'd also recommend one other thing when it comes to creating an onboarding program for managers. And we don't do this nearly enough in organizations create the opportunity for managers to learn about things like stress management, time management, well-being programs. You're reading a lot of information these days that talks about how managers and employees in general burn out, you know, our plates are full. Well, when it comes to managers, I've never seen a stressed out manager with a calm team. And if managers don't learn how to manage their time and manage resources well, they will be in this perpetual state of frenzy and that's going to pass along to their department and they won't be able to get things done. So the organization has a vested interest in making sure that managers practice all of those well-being things that we need to do um, in order to get work done. So it really comes down to HR needs to understand that managers do have different responsibilities, different pressures, and they need to onboard them in a way that helps them, just like we want to help employees, helps them be as productive as possible right away. Absolutely. You know, when we think about what the whole purpose of onboarding is, it's about making people productive. And the reason we make people productive is because if I can see how my work relates to the bottom line, I become engaged. And when I become engaged, then I want to stay. I work with people that I like. I do the work that's exciting to me, the work that we talked about during the interview process. Well, 
not only do, and it, it sounds like such a simple thing, I, I'm really surprised that more companies don't do it, but how do we do that for managers so that they're successful and productive? Because they're the people onboarding our employees. So how can HR help? I, I could see different managers having completely different responsibilities, different roles, different objectives. It's got to be hard for an HR group to understand and accommodate that. I'm glad you brought up the role of HR in a manager onboarding environment. Because as an HR pro, one of the things that I've always wanted to do was build a relationship with new managers. I, I've always felt like as a part of the name HR bartender comes from, but I always wanted to have a relationship with managers so that when they had an issue, they felt comfortable coming to human resources. You know, this, how do I say this? I'm stumbling a little bit, but the idea that HR is the no department or the police department, you know, those kinds of, you know, we've all heard those stories. But if we use manager onboarding, this is an opportunity for HR to build relationships with new managers so that it, the first time they have a difficult situation, they're not afraid to walk in the door, sit down and say, I have a struggle, I need your help. Manager onboarding can be that positive experience where HR and new managers learn how to start building a working relationship together. So I see that there's a huge benefit to human resources in creating manager onboarding programs because they can build that business relationship and they can be that business partner um, and be in a position where they don't um, have to deal with a manager the first time and on a negative subject. And those do come up. Those are those can be challenging situations, even for the most seasoned manager. So I can see how having those types of relationships with HR would be very helpful. Having a challenge, you know, whether it's a claim has been filed against the organization or a complaint has been filed, those are not Organizations should not consider those things to be a reflection that they do not know how to manage their business. Even the best businesses have stuff that happens. So what we need to do is put organizations in a position where they deal with those issues. I was chatting with someone about this uh, the other day, and I said, what often happens in smaller companies, or frankly in bigger companies too, is you have this issue that maybe is only an inch big, and then all of a sudden it becomes a mile long because nobody dealt with it. And manager onboarding can be one of those ways where we start building relationships in the organization and we break down some of the barriers and it creates moments where people feel like they can go in and say to HR, I've got this challenge going on, or I don't think this is a big deal, but I wanted to mention it to you anyway. And the company then positions human resources and hiring managers from being a reactive organization to being a proactive organization. I want to build off that idea of proactive. You'd mentioned HR as a police activity, but HR is, is expanding in terms of performance management. Uh, skills development, very positive uh, 
resources for managers throughout the organization? Is that an area where you see manager onboarding also uh, helping managers realize that these resources are available? Absolutely. In fact, um, you know, when we're talking about onboarding, I've worked for companies where this is when we did manager interview skills training, we would, at the beginning of interview skills training, we would calculate cost per hire. We would have managers calculate cost per hire and say, okay, now you understand the financial impact of the decision that you are getting ready to make. This is one of the ways that HR can bring direct value to the organization and help new managers understand that the decisions that they're making have a financial impact. It's not just this touchy-feely thing, um, but that it has true impact on the bottom line. Should internal and external managers attend manager onboarding? Yes, and it's a great point. When we have a tendency to think about onboarding, we think about onboarding only from the sense of people coming in from the outside. When an individual becomes a manager within the organization, they still need all of those skills. It's not like they learned all of those things inside the organization. So treat them like an external hire and give them the same kind of onboarding experience. Not only do they get the skills, but it could be valuable for a new manager, internal manager, to see how people are being onboarded. If I've been working for the company for 10 years, let's say, and all of a sudden I become a manager, it could be very valuable for me to put on a fresh set of eyes and see that process. Absolutely. And I can also see how managers have to take part in this, this role as well in thinking about succession planning and helping prepare people to become managers themselves. It's a great point. I am... Okay, so I'm going to tell you a story. I used to work in the hotel industry, and one of the things that happens in the hotel industry is they like to move people around a lot. And when I was in hotels, it was a concept called seeing the dirt. When you go into a building for the very first time, you look around, you see all of the dirt, right? You see every mark on the wall, you see every blemish on the carpet. The companies always wanted to make sure the managers had that fresh set of eyes, so they would make sure that you moved around a lot. Well, at some point in my career, my hotel career, I moved to South Florida. I loved South Florida. It's warm all year round. And I decided I didn't want to move anymore. But I was working in an industry that asked you to move all the time. So what am I going to do? Well, I realized at that moment that my job as a manager was to hire and train my replacement. So that, selfishly, I didn't have to move, but I created a situation where, as new managers came into the organization, they knew that I was grooming them to become future directors of human resources, and they would move. It's when I realized in my own personal career that my role is to bring those new people on board, to think about replacement and succession planning, and to hire and train my replacement. I don't know that in other organizations there's such a clear definition to new managers to say, you have this new job, but let me explain to you, your goal in life is to hire and train your replacement. It's not going to happen right away, 
but you need to be thinking about this. It seems to me that, that while the term is onboarding, we're talking about first-time managers, external or internal, there is an element of these onboarding activities that should be built into leadership training and development programs. Some of it, I think, can be built into leadership and management development programs, but if you think about the principles of adult learning, I want to learn something and be able to immediately apply it. So some of these things, if you tell people them too soon, they'll simply forget it. And I'll give you an example. I hear from managers on a regular basis. I went to interview skills training and I haven't had to interview anyone for nine months. Now all of a sudden I have an opening in my department and I don't remember how to interview. Now let's add to that. The reason that they're telling me this story is because they're saying, Charlene, how do I go to HR and tell them I need a refresher without HR thinking I didn't pay attention in interview skills training. So one of the things that we have to do as human resources professionals is sit back and say, we need to give people the information that they need right before they need it. And that's part of our job to make sure that the timing is spot on. That's great. Uh, when thinking about new hire onboarding, uh, I've seen a lot of new hires having a buddy or a mentor. Why can't we just do that for managers? Other managers have gone through the trial and error. They've learned what they need to know. Why doesn't that work? Why should we have a, a separate formal onboarding program for managers? There are two angles to that. First of all, I think a buddy program is fantastic. Um, I'm a big fan, personally, of collaborative hiring. I like the idea of getting multiple people involved in the hiring process because every organization has unwritten rules. We don't like to admit we have unwritten rules, but we have unwritten rules. And that buddy or that mentor can be that person that a new hire, whether it's a manager new hire or an employee new hire, that says, is this really how things happen around here? A lot of times those unwritten rules are not things that we want to go to HR about or we want to go to our boss about. They're things that we kind of want to find out about on, you know, the lowdown. And that buddy or mentor can be the person to do it. That being said, I do think that we need to have formal programs to make sure that there's consistency along the way. I don't want to praise buddies and trash them in the same sentence, but we probably all know of managers who have their own way of doing things and buddies and mentors can have fantastic roles within the company, but if we give them a role that really should be dealt with via training, then you run the risk of inconsistency and then you have another problem on your hands. It, it feels like consistency is, is critical, particularly when you're trying to build a consistent culture trying to build an engaged workforce. And consistency is what onboarding is really all about. It's making sure that everybody gets the same information in a very consistent way so that we can all be a key contributor to the organization. So say I've put together my manager onboarding program. I've got it consistent. How do I know if I'm doing it well? How do I measure the performance of this program? 
Well, there are a couple of things that you can do. First of all, in defining your program, think about the goals that you're trying to accomplish. You know, we at the beginning of our time together talked about that corn fairy statistic about onboarding and retention. Well, one of the ways that you could decide that your onboarding program is effective is just by saying turnover's gone down. And, you know, most companies calculate turnover, so you have some sense of how many people are leaving, and that would be a very easy statistic to measure. Another way you could do it is by telling stories. You know, you could go and you could ask people, hey, Rob, you just went through onboarding. What did you think of the process? You know, so you could do some things like that. You could also um, go to that person's supervisor. So I go to your boss and say, how's Rob doing? Is he doing a good job? Do you feel that the onboarding program has been productive? Is there anything that you would have liked to have seen Rob be able to do sooner? You know, so you can ask those kinds of questions. So there are some quantitative things that you can do. There are also some qualitative things that you can do. Your organization has to decide the metrics investment that you want to make. Um, there are companies that get huge into the numbers, and there are companies that that don't, quite frankly. So figure out the, the one that works best for your organization. But I do believe that any kind of formalized program should be measured. So say I have no program today. Okay. What are the three things I need to keep in mind or what, how, do I, how do I even get started uh, to at least get on the right path? Well, the first thing that I would suggest is doing some sort of organizational assessment. Decide where you are right now and where you want to be, and that will be your roadmap for developing an onboarding program. Now, that being said, I believe that one of the things that HR people are famous for, myself included, is biting off more than you can chew. So don't go out there and create, from the start, some big elaborate program. Here's the deal, if you create a small program and then hit it out of the park, when you go to ask the company for more resources, they will give them to you. But if you do it the other way around and you ask for a lot of resources and you don't deliver, then what'll happen on the back end is somebody, when you go to ask for more money, will say, well, wait a second now, did you do that before? And that will be really hard. So my suggestion, is to people thinking about developing a manager onboarding program, start small, maybe develop a manager orientation program, like an hour that just kind of talks about little things that you can do along the way, or create a manager resource center, something that you can house on your technology system that has webinars or one hour, this is how you do it. You could even do things like micro-learning. This is a five-minute refresher on how you do X, you know, how you deliver a one-on-one -on -one meeting with an employee. But create something small, get the organization to buy into it, get existing managers to buy into it, get them to say things like, hey, you know, I really wish I would have had this when I became a manager for the first time. And that'll start to lead you down the path of, okay, I, I'm ready to add step number two. And then you can go add another piece. And before you develop a formal onboarding program, maybe step two is adding a mentoring component or a buddy program, that kind of thing. And then Probably the third thing that I would think about is how you could start grooming managers for that next opportunity. You know, a few 
questions ago, we talked about managers hiring and training their replacement. Now start thinking about that third component. Once you've onboarded someone, don't forget about them. You know, start talking to them about, okay, now what are you doing to make sure that you're grooming your replacement? There are some organizations out there that as part of your performance metrics, you know, your individual goals, they say 50% of your job as a manager needs to be grooming people and 50% of your job as a manager needs to be taking care of your work. Um, so how much are you doing towards grooming your replacement? Fantastic. That's all great practical advice. Any last thoughts for us? No, just that I really do believe as we're talking about setting employees up for success, don't forget about managers. Um, we, we rely upon them so much, but we need to give them the tools that they need in order to do the job. Thank you so much, Charlene. Once, Thanks for having me. Once again, this was Charlene Lobby, the HR bartender. Uh, I do hope you do find the world's greatest cheeseburger one day. I will. I will. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining today's podcast. Please tune in for the next episode where we'll be discussing turnover with HR influencer William Tincup. And you can visit payx.me slash manager onboarding for more information about this topic, including an ebook focused on new hire preboarding. boarding